I'm Lauren, and I'm a veterinarian. I'm JJ, and I'm a veterinary technician. And you're listening to IntroVets, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high-functioning anxiety. Welcome, everybody, to the snack episode. Hello. Today, we are going to talk about being an introvert. It's lovely. Uh, we talk about being introverts a lot just in passing. We also talk about high-functioning anxiety a lot just in passing. It's literally our podcast tagline. <laughs> and yet we haven't had a dedicated episode. So we felt like it was time that we start talking more about these topics. It's high time. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about kind of that that cluster of personality traits. They are all a little different, and we're going to talk about that as well. But So we're going to talk about introversion. We're going to talk about anxiety, especially social anxiety. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, like what those individual concepts are, how they relate to one another, how they're different from one another, and like kind of our experiences of <laughs> having them all at once and different things like that. So we thought that to kind of kick things off, giving some sort of real-life examples of, you know, what we have experienced might be helpful. Because I kind of feel like everyone in their lives has little things or maybe even big things that they're like, no one will understand me if I tell them this. I'm weird. I'm broken, you know, and that's not the case. Like, these things are way more common than you would think. So hopefully by sharing some personal stories, we can kind of help people understand that, like, nope, everyone has bizarre crap. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And some of them are just the way you are, and some of them are manageable. And so, you know, manage the things you can manage. But uh, anyway, JJ is going to tell us about an experience that she had um, getting her hair cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have to kind of preface this with a couple of things. Okay. First one being, I have curly hair. One would think that shouldn't make a huge difference, but it can strictly oh, because... Yeah. If you find someone who does not know how to cut curly hair, you can look like a triple-layer mushroom, and (laughs) I speak from experience. A triple-layer mushroom? Yeah. Um, Also known as layering poorly. The other problem you run into is that you have to be careful cutting curly hair when it's wet, because when it's wet and you put, like, some nice conditioner in there and it gets that kind of slit, you kind of comb it, and it looks long. And as you start to cutting, when it that curl kicks in and when it dries, the shorter curly hair is to a to a point anyway, the kinkier it gets. So it'll like adhere itself to your head uh real quick instead of dangling in a nice ringlet. So also have experienced that nightmare. So I've kind of learned if I have to find a new hair person. I have to try to find someone who knows how to do curly hair. And most of the time, the people that have experience cutting curly hair are going to be in the, you know, busier places that are usually in kind of city areas. They're very intimidating to me, and I don't know why. You've mentioned that before on the podcast. I, yeah, they just are. I mean, this is my perception, right? So I walk in there and it's like, all the ladies and the dudes have like their clothing is like perfect. Usually they're wearing mostly black. They look even if they're wearing a t-shirt and jeans, I mean, it looks like they just came from doing a model shoot somewhere. 
their hair is like perfect, makeup game is all on. I don't know if I'm too old to say on point or not, but no, I'm going to say it. I think it. you're the fine age, and I think that it's going out of fashion now. <laughs> That's probably yeah. you know, pretty yeah. on par for me. Girl, the the generational difference with some of the people in my um, in my counseling courses, sometimes I, I don't know what they're saying. Right. Someone kept saying something the other day when I was, uh, we were talking about like a group project. And she kept shaking her head and saying a word emphatically. And I was like, all right, am I get the general vibe that she's agreeing with me, but I cannot understand what she's saying. And she was saying the word facts. Yeah. Yeah. She kept being like facts, facts. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> There's facts. There's no cap too. No, ah, she said that too. And uh-huh. I was like, what the fuck? Is that? <laughs> like, I know. I don't know like, what what? It's. Huh? It's I mean, the first time in my life that I have felt truly old and completely left behind socially like i was i was just yeah, like i do not know what the fuck is i got several right years now. on you i can remember <laughs> working with the girl who said gucci all the time and i'm like oh, oh yeah meaning right. like it's that's cool it's like all, that's it's happening yeah. it's all good that's what you know i'm yeah. used to saying but whatever whatever okay so anyway i so apologize anyway. so yeah sidebar over you know it what it really kind of feels like is this is like some sort of exclusive club, and even like the patrons there, the clients or whatever there, they probably come in every couple of weeks to kind of get touch ups done. So everybody knows everybody, everybody's talking, and everybody's beautiful, and everybody's all trendy. And I'm like, what's up? I'm the front queen. Let's go. And uh, I like walk in and immediately just feel like I do not belong, and I hate calling people which you would think I'm receptioning right now. Why are you doing that? But I hate calling people. I always feel like I'm bothering them. Even though I'm going to pay them for a service, I still feel like I'm bothering them. It's just my own personal hangup. I just mm-hmm. can't. I'm, I'm weird. But yeah, the whole ordeal just makes me anxious as fuck. I just, I hate it. I've gone up to almost two years without getting my hair cut just because I avoid it that much. But this particular time, I could not continue to avoid it. So I hopped online and started trying to find a place to go, scheduled it on my day off. And that morning I get up, I'm like, you know, I'm going to try to have a good experience here. I'm, this is it's going to be it's going to be fine. I drive my happy ass to the place, park. First thing I noticed, it's awful dark in there. But I got out of the car, walked to the door, figured Man, I'm probably the first appointment because most places open around nine. Mm-hmm. So I like pulling the door, it's locked and lights are out. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so now the true weird thinking panic sets in. First, I'm like, do I have the right day? Well, it's my day off. If I have the wrong day, then my ass should be at work. So I have to have the right day. But I'm going to look at my calendar on my phone and make sure that today is Thursday because I can't rely on myself to figure that out. So I'm looking, yep, it's Thursday. Look at the clock. Yep, it's it's now 9.05. Appointment says it's 9 o'clock. So I go through my email and text confirmation. It says 9 o'clock. I go back out to the car, and I'm like, what do I do? So I try calling them. Nobody answers. And I'm like, am I going to like have to pay a, a fee for missing my appointment? But I didn't miss my appointment. I'm here. You know, what if they're at a different building, and there's just like an old address listed on Google? And I'm at the wrong place. And now they think I'm a shitty person for missing my appointment. (laughs) 
because I value their time and they think I don't value their time and I'm never going to be able to show my face here again. So all these things are like going crazy in my brain. Oh yeah. It's it's happening. Okay. (laughs) It's happening big time. I'm like freaking out. Just, I don't know what to do. I'm like, do I leave? If I leave, I'm just, I'm just going to torpedo this. I'm never coming back. And finally I see a light come on. I'm like, oh shit, maybe they're there. So I waddle myself back up to the door, kind of pull on the door. It's still locked. Kind of try to peer in there. I see nobody. And as I'm doing this, I hear Jennifer and I'm like, the fuck? So I look around, I see not a soul. There's like a couple of cars and stuff in Brown, but nobody. And I'm like, okay, it has finally happened. I have lost my mind. I'm hearing voices. I'm haunted. Something has gone wrong. I wonder what the accommodations are like in the loony bin because I'm about to go. And then I hear somebody call my name again. And I'm like, shit, it's really, really gone. And then finally, this tiny person comes around from behind a giant SUV carrying a mirror a little taller than her. And she's like, are you Jennifer? And I'm like, yes, I'm Jennifer. I'm the stupid person standing here at your door looking at you like you're crazy because I thought I was hearing things. <laughs> and she was like, going to be doing your hair today. I'm sorry. I was just running a little bit late. I had to pick out this mirror and I was having trouble getting in the car. And I was like, yo, dude, you've just confirmed that I'm not crazy, crazy. So um, thank you. And uh, let yeah, let's go get And everything was fine. But yeah, for that. About 10 minute period, I was off the deep end (laughs) and all because I just needed a damn haircut. (laughs) Did you get the haircut, though? I did. I did. And I liked it. Have you been Mm -hmm. back since then? Um, Well, Well, uh, the pandemic. (laughs) About that. The pandemic happened (laughs) um, shortly thereafter. And uh, I did actually try to schedule to go back, but they didn't have any openings. So I ended up going to a different place. Gotcha. Where, of course, there was lots of anxiety again. But mm-hmm. Did they have the door open? The door was open. Okay, good. For the record, if I had scheduled an appointment someplace and I get there and the building's locked, I would have also had a huge, like, what the fuck moment. You know, like, <laughs> I never am like, oh, this is someone else's problem. I'm always like, what did I fuck up about this, like, before yes. any other thing? So I don't know if that's, like typical but i don't think that part is abnormal right like i certainly know people whose first thing is like somebody else always has fucked up but i'm the opposite i'm always like oh what did i do to fuck it up it must have been me you know like yeah <laughs> but it's so, okay uh, in a similar situation recently the building that hosts my master's classes uh has been locked every single day when we're supposed to have class So you go and you can't get into the building like it's impossible to get there. And it's another one of those situations where it's like, I'm paying a lot of money for this. I still get charged if I don't get in. And not only that, but I get penalized if I don't show up. And yet you guys are not allowing me to access the building, you know, and like it's been going on for weeks. And for some reason, no one has been able to do anything about it. I don't I don't understand. So you just have to wait sometimes 30 or 40 minutes for some random person to walk out before you like grab the door and sneak in, you know, uh, it's wow. crazy. So yeah, I totally understand. Like if you're supposed to be there at a certain place at a certain time, it's scary when that's not the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I also am like, am I on the wrong day? Do I have the wrong time? <laughs> do, do I just not know how to work the fucking door? Like, is there a button <laughs> I'm supposed to put? Like, you know, what is happening? Mm-hmm. 
And then when you were mentioning that story to me earlier, I actually did think of like a really similar situation. It might seem a little out of left field, but I I think it's the same concept. So I struggle with unfamiliar shower faucets. So like, obviously, I know how to turn on a shower. I'm not an idiot. But as a kid, I remember like going over to sleepovers or things like that. And it would be like, now I'm going to take a shower and I would like try to turn on the shower like I turn on the shower at my house and nothing would happen. And it's like somehow they had a different button to turn the shower on than at my house. And so then I couldn't ever figure it out. And it's like, what the fuck? And I clearly remember this one situation where I just absolutely would not just go ask somebody, you know, like, Mm -hmm. how do you turn make the shower come on? So I ended up just taking a bath instead because I was like, I can't like going and asking like what I don't understand how to make the shower spray come on. Like, I, there's no way for me to do that. I mean, there's a way for me to do it, but it's very difficult. And then a, an even similar story. <laughs> uh, this week, I had to stay in a hotel for work. And um, <laughs> when I went to go take a shower, hot it was just hot water. So it wasn't they weren't out of hot water hot water was the only option and it even came out of the cold side of the faucet like if you're trying to brush your teeth it's like scalding water to brush your teeth oh i hate that and i could not take a shower i mean it was uncomfortably hot and i was like what am i supposed to do so instead of i don't know like a normal response of like let me call the front desk and be like hey my room doesn't have cold water what the hell i'm like (laughs) i really don't want to have to mess with that So I eventually end up just turning on the cold faucet, all of the cold faucets in the bathroom and waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally they ran cold and I took a quick cold shower really quickly. (laughs) So anyway, to me, I think that's the same thing, which is like, you just don't want to bother people or something. You you reminded me of something like really quick. Um, I don't remember where this was, but I had to take a shower at somebody's house. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know about you, but when growing up, like, my mom had these, like, fancy towels that you didn't use. They just stayed hanging up all the time. Ah, yes. The display. The southern display towel. Yes. They had, like, laces and flowers. Exactly, yes. I'm imagining Some sort of fancy bullshit. Was it, like, hunter green? Uh, Ours were blue, like a country blue. blue. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then she bought me some when I went to college that were, like, Pepto-Bismol pink. Woo, girl. Yeah, she still never gave up on me being girly. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember going to someone else's house and they had hanging towels. And my brain is, you don't touch the towels that are hanging up. <laughs> there should be towels folded for you somewhere. I mean, and I'm like, that's the, what you were taught. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, fuck, there's no towels hanging anymore. What am I supposed to use? So I didn't want to bother anybody. And I'm like, I'm like trying to gently like peek in cabinets, trying to find something to help me out all i could find was like one folded hand towel in a cabinet so i took my shower when i got out i used every inch of that fucking hand towel to dry my, and it was not a big hand towel either and later on they were like why didn't you you, you not use the towels and i was like i mean i used that hand towel that i've got hanging up here is that okay and they're like why did you just use a hand towel there's towels here and i'm like are those not your fancy towels that you don't use and they're like what <laughs> They're like, no, those were for you to use. And I'm like, oh, dude, I feel bad. I'm sorry. They're like, you could have asked us for a towel. I mean, I'm like, but that would be bothering you. So, and they're like, no, 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 no. 
Oh, you're the you, yeah. So right. She well, okay. So I mean, I think that those are good, good examples to start off with for sure. And some of the things that we talked about or that are illustrated in those examples might be related to introversion. Many of them are related to anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, and some are related to shyness. So we should probably talk about definitions of those things, because I think some people think that being an introvert is the same thing as having social anxiety, which is also the same thing as being shy. But that's not true. They're actually completely different things. And you can have them all at once. Yay. Mm. You can like win the lottery and have them all at once or (laughs) just one or the other or two of three or sometimes none even. So. Well, let's do some definitions. Uh, Before we do, though, I just want to have an overall comment here. In both of our stories, we just just now we just talked about the concept of I didn't know how to do something or I couldn't do something or I was in the wrong place or something like that. And I didn't want to bother anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. I think is really telling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, it's more like, though, for me, like, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want them to think that I'm dumb or yep. something. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just, it just popped into my head. I think that one of my all time f- favorite quotes applies here. So in the immortal words of Karen Kilgariff from my favorite murder, here's the thing. Fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Here's the thing. Fuck everyone. <laughs> okay. So JJ. Mm hmm. What is an introvert? JJ. Uh, No. Uh, Introversion (laughs) is a personality style. So the term introversion was made popular by Carl Jung. It's a preference for the inner life of the mind rather than the outer world of people. Preach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is not an either-or trait. It exists on a spectrum with extroversion at the other end. Introverts tend to enjoy quiet, chill experiences. Most people are ambiverts meaning they share some introverted and extroverted tendencies, it is rare to find someone who is truly all or nothing. For example, introverts sometimes have a desire for company, and extroverts sometimes need alone time. There are cultural differences in the perceived value of introversion versus extroversion. The trait of introversion appears to involve both biological, genetic, and environmental factors. Introverts tend to hate small talk and superficial interactions, They do enjoy deep, meaningful conversations, and they may even have a creative advantage because of the strong engagement with their inner worlds. They tend to have a limited amount of social energy and typically only one or two close friends rather than a large circle. They prefer deep relationships to casual ones. They are often mislabeled as aloof or arrogant. Oh, man, this checks all kinds of boxes. Mm -hmm. For sure. one of the things that I hear all the time is, why are you so quiet? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why are you so loud? Yeah. <laughs> why are you talking all the fucking time? Shh, shh. I'm like, why are you talking to me right now? Do you see this book in my hand? That means go the fuck away. <laughs> uh, or, you know, if you're an introvert with RBF. Oh. Never yeah. a good combo. I mean, look, here's the thing. <laughs> fuck everyone. Um, Here's the thing. People with, people with faces, so... M- you know, the majority everyone. of people, okay. Well, not everyone, I guess, but... Right, not everyone. The majority of people have faces, okay? Uh-huh. And when they're at rest, they don't always look pleasant. Mm-hmm. 
Would you ever tell a man that you have a resting bitch face? That this is my problem with that. I mean, is like I would, but you would. Okay, I'm well, kind of an asshole sometimes. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I just I feel like that's I get really frustrated with that because I'm just like, what the fuck? It makes me irritated. This idea of I have to be performative all the time. I'm performative mm-hmm. enough at work and all these other places where I have to like be like, hi, how's it going? Even if I don't feel that way, you know, so it's just like. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if I'm riding the subway or walking someplace or in the grocery store, please don't make me perform there too. Anyway, I'm sorry, that's off topic. But anyway, yeah, I that that uh, that also pets my peeves. <laughs> One of the things that you mentioned in your description of introversion just then was like that different cultures view introversion and extroversion differently. I definitely think that like here in the U.S., extroversion is prized and introversion is almost seen like a personality flaw that you need to like fix somehow. It makes me frustrated. Where where do they um, prize introverts? I need to move. I don't know. (laughs) We should look it up. We should Google it. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I feel like places where Buddhism is practiced, I feel like probably prize quiet, Mm -hmm. chill places. Yeah. I I have not studied that. I'm not sure. I feel like I have too much anger in me for Buddhism, though. (laughs) Maybe it would be good for me. I don't know. Anywho. I personally feel like I often get a lot of pressure put on me by other people to do things that I know will make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, I rarely hear introverts saying like, hey, extrovert, why don't you step out of your comfort zone and sit quietly in solitude? But like people have said to me before, like, well, I mean, you just need to step outside your comfort zone and get you used need to, to get being out of your in. Shell. Yeah, yeah, get out of your shell, get out there and do stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but what if I, what you're not taking into account is my wishes in the situation, which is yeah. that I don't want to. So I often think of it as like people here, in, at least in the United States, a lot of people kind of perceive introversion as a deficiency, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because it's not, it's, it's just sort of the way that you are. I can't have a personality transplant, so Mm -mm. I was in my 30s before I realized that there was a such thing as introvert versus extrovert, Hmm. and that it was okay to be an introvert. Oh, yeah. I mean, I went through that many years of my life thinking that I had to make change, that, that I had to just change parts of me to accommodate other people because there was something wrong with me the moment that i had that eureka of this is where i fall you know somewhere on this end of this spectrum and that's okay there's nothing wrong with me it just means that i'm like my dad basically mm-hmm. and it's it's okay it was a very happy <laughs> happy month pretty much where i was just like i don't have to do i don't i don't have to go and you know engage in a conversation about the weather just because it's expected of me i can do what i want to do and not be uncomfortable all the time Mm -hmm. it was nice yeah that is nice i'm sorry it took uh, so long for someone to say something to you about it like hey i think i read something one day and was like (laughs) what the what (laughs) i think one of the reasons that that the at least in the u.s people have this idea that introversion is like quote not good is that there's this common misconception that introversion means you just don't like people, 
But that's not really the case. I mean, certainly there are introverts that also don't like people, but like introversion in a, of itself does, is not involved with not liking people. <laughs> there have even been cases where introverts have been clinically misdiagnosed as having things like social phobias or avoidant personality disorder. When mm-hmm. they don't really have those issues, they just prefer to be alone. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with preferring to be alone. Nope. So it's not necessarily about disliking people. It's more about preferring solitude. Yeah. What makes me feel peaceful is like a quiet, empty space. You know, Mm -hmm. like when I think about like, I need to be calm. Let me go in my mind to my calm, quiet place. It's never going to be a club. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's always going to be like plants, birds tweeting, cool air, flowers, maybe some partial sunshine. You know, like it's going to be nice and chill. Yeah, and I don't ever really imagine there being more than maybe one other person there if there's another person there at all. Right. It's always <laughs> me, myself, maybe my cat, maybe my dog, dogs, maybe the husband. But that's about <laughs> it, really. Maybe, Ben. It's a maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny because we are both introverts. Mm-hmm. But the things that I like to do to kind of recharge doesn't always involve him and he we had this discussion the other day he thinks that if i'm go off to a room by myself and read that i'm mad at him or something oh if there's a book in my hand you or my ipad kindle whatever you you can pretty much guarantee that i'm happy (laughs) yeah because (laughs) um jj's not home jj has created some new world in her head and is totally engrossed in this book and so that when you should be concerned is if I'm not doing those things. If I'm mm-hmm. not listening to music, if I'm not reading, if I'm disengaged from the things that I enjoy, that's when I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So if you see me reading, rest assured, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another common myth about introverts is that they're lonely a lot, but I don't find that to be the case either. I mean, introverts can get lonely, don't don't get me wrong, that's a mm-hmm. possibility for them, but it's not like here I am alone in my lonely life all the time or anything. But research suggests that there are some specific differences in the way that neurotransmitters like dopamine function in the brains of extroverts and introverts. So the reward systems of introverts and extroverts may just literally function differently. And that probably has a lot to do with your preference um, mm-hmm. when you have one. So there's also a difference between being introverted and being shy. Yes. Um, Shyness involves the desire to engage with others, but they're afraid of doing it. Shy people are very self-conscious and easily inhibited by others. Yeah. What that basically means is shy people are strongly influenced or subdued by any thought of someone disapproving of them. I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, the trifecta. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. The, there seem to be a lot of elements of shyness in the example that you were given about the hair salon, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. That kind of has a little bit more to do with worrying about what other people are thinking than does introversion. Now, introverts can be shy, but being shy is not necessarily a requirement of being introverted. There are tons of social introverts. They just avoid crowds and a lot of noise. So that's a little bit of a of a, a kind of a, a mind blown sort of situation. Like how do you navigate the world as a social introvert? You know, but I think that's, I think that's probably me. I enjoy being around 
select people for periods mm-hmm. of time, but I don't like being in cr- huge crowds with lots of noise uh, or anything, especially if it's hot. Ugh, I hate that. Ugh. Along these lines, when I was doing some research for this episode, I found an article that lists 21 signs that you're an introvert, and I read it, and I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) This is the bomb. And I would like to just briefly go through. I mean, I won't read all 21, okay? But, like, I think it's worth, you know, going through a couple of them because some of them made me be like, oh, shit. So the very first one is your inner monologue never stops. Mm. Like, I can't believe I said that stupid thing five years ago. Uh (laughs) Although there are people like my husband who do not really have an inner monologue. Well, yeah, that's crazy for me. He said that he could like actually sit there and not think about anything. I'm like, how, how, how do you, I mean, my brain's gone from A to Z in about 30 seconds. Sometimes I'll like randomly start talking about something and he's like, how did you get there? And I'll backtrack and I'm like, well, I thought about this and then I saw this color and it did that. And then this thing that happened last week and then purple monkeys and yeah, here we are. And he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yes, it's very exhausting. Yeah. So when you say he doesn't have an inner monologue, he does not hear a voice in his head that's his own voice? Well, and he can answer for himself, but I think that does occur. but. It's not like his inner monologue never stops. Okay. Like he can, you know, what he's doing is meditating Mm. when you empty your mind. That's a skill I have never mastered. If I try to meditate, it makes me freak the fuck out. So it's probably a right because then things that I've managed to suppress start coming up and I'm like, (laughs) I I don't know. know, Stop it. Put your back doors. (laughs) Okay. So you feel like you're faking it when you have to network with people. Oh, yeah. Walking up to strangers and introducing yourself. No, you'd rather stick tiny needles under your fingernails. Yes, that's how I feel. Very true. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then I'll just I'll just read one more. So you've been told you're too intense. Hmm. I don't know if I've been told that. That one really resonated for me. People tell me I'm too intense I can see where they would say that about about you. I get more of the, (laughs) why are you so quiet? And one of the other things is that I think it's difference between you and I is that like I've seen sometimes where like somebody will like you're doing a thing and then different people are kind of watching and so you kind of thrive a little bit and I'm like if someone's looking at me I'm like please stop (laughs) and I try to like hide yeah you don't like being the center of attention oh hell no yeah okay well let's talk for just a second about social anxiety which is different than being an introvert. Social anxiety disorder, or what was previously called social phobia, is an anxiety disorder involving overwhelming anxiety and excessive self-consciousness in everyday social situations. So people with social anxiety have this sort of chronic fear of being watched and judged by others. Uh, They also have fear of being embarrassed or humiliated by their own actions. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) I feel like we just said that. That's what happens. Frighteningly so. Right. (laughs) Um, And it can range from pretty mild to like really severe and debilitating. And luckily, I'm on the mild side of things Mm -hmm. um, and not on the debilitating. But there are some people with social anxiety that have trouble even like being able to work in a job and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So people with social anxiety might be able to recognize that the fears they have surrounding people judging them are excessive or unreasonable. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that is not necessarily helpful in overcoming it. That has been Mm -hmm. my experience. Yes. Knowing about it does not make it easy to overcome. Nope. (laughs) Uh, Low self-esteem and depression are commonly also experienced with social anxiety. Social anxiety is more common in women than in men, which I thought was interesting. But when men experience social anxiety, they're more likely to actually seek treatment. Hmm. So that was like the exact opposite of what I would have thought. Like if you'd asked me, I'd have thought, oh, men probably have that way more often and women are more likely to get help, you know, like with like other medical conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in this case, women experience it at a much higher rate, but then they often just don't seek therapy for it. It's, It's kind of strange. Interesting. Typically, social anxiety starts in childhood or adolescence. It's very rare for it to develop after 25 years of age. And social anxiety is not limited to introverts. Extroverts can experience social anxiety, too. Mm -hmm. It can occur with just like one type of situation, or it can be generalized to most situations. A good example of a social anxiety that's limited to a particular situation is the fear of public speaking, which is a really common phobia. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> JJ was telling me about a public speaking story just the other day, actually. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that fear of that was instilled in me long. That was from like, I don't know. I could, the very first public speaking thing I had to do was in third grade, I think. Third or fourth grade. It was fourth grade. And we had to memorize like a, um, a little short thing. Mine was homework. Oh, homework. I hate you. You stink. And you had to recite it in front of the class. So you like a poem or something? It was kind of a poem, but it okay. didn't rhyme. Oh, yeah, yeah, it did rhyme, I guess. I don't okay. remember it anymore. But, I mean, it was one of those things where, like, they're, they're telling you make eye contact with people in the room, don't fidget, and that sort of thing. And I was just, like, terrified. And it was one of the first experiences that I had ever had of, you know, as in, I think that was probably when, my social anxiety was developing was right around that time too. And I was also extremely afraid of having a bad grade, disappointing a teacher, disappointing my parents. So I'm like extra scared because I'm like, if I don't do this well, which I know I'm not going to do it well, I'm going to get a bad grade and then I'm going to get in trouble. And me, the rule follower, just can't get in trouble over a grade. So It was a very trying time in the world of JJ. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, for some reason, have never had a problem with public speaking. I take that back. I've never had a problem with public speaking as long as I know my stuff. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, yeah, if it's a topic that I'm engaged in, I can public speak about it all day. No problem. But if you Mm -hmm. give me a random ass topic, (laughs) I will Mm -hmm. freak out. In seventh grade... We had to do something for school called impromptu speeches. Ooh. Impromptu meaning like, <laughs> you're not prepared. They're just like, boom, make you talk about whatever subject it is. My English teacher drew names out of a hat. That would be like who went next. And then that person would get up and draw a subject out of a hat at random. And I remember I drew the subject boats and you had 30 seconds to prepare. And then you had to give up and get up and speak for five minutes on boats. Uh, and it was like fuck i oh my god it was a fucking nightmare (laughs) no thank you so that i will not i would never do that for fun but like if you have to have me get up and speak about veterinary medicine 
uh, is okay. Veterinary medicine topics that I understand well, then I will have no problem. Mm-hmm. But it's the idea. I, I think actually it does play back into like, oh, what if people think I'm dumb? You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the issue. I don't know if it's comparable or not, but I remember like uh, like when I was in band, if I had to play something by myself, mm-hmm. I would be mortified. But yeah. playing with a group, I'm fine, no yeah. problems. I mean, even you know, you would think you know, being out on a field in front of like tens of thousands of people. <laughs> And, you know, they're looking at you, but I'm down there with 300 and something other people. I I mean, I would get nervous about what if I, because if you mess up a move or whatever, you can, it, it's highly visible and can actually cause people to fall down. So I would be nervous about like making sure I hit whatever mark I'm supposed to hit and do what I'm supposed to do. But I was never really that nervous. And I look back on it and I'm like, that would, you would think that would be something that would make me nervous, but because I'm there with other people, kind of similar to like, if I was going in and getting my hair cut with someone else, I think I would be way more fine. Even if it's just one other person. Hmm. I always have to have a buddy. If I have a buddy, I'm good. I'm golden. Yeah. Which is, which is funny when you think about like the general idea people have about being shy and being introverted. It's like, well, why would you want a buddy? That's like, uh-huh. contrary you know but it's not it's actually it kind of all makes sense mm-hmm. well i think we've given a lot of really good examples but let's mm-hmm. round out the episode by sort of talking about some real world strategies for people to sort of take care of themselves uh, when they have these sorts of personality traits because it can be a little bit exhausting to have any one of these but especially if you have more than one or like us all three at the same time um, it can be a little <laughs> bit difficult. Uh, what we do is so intensive as far as talking with people, whether it's on the phone, in person with clients, you know, we're dealing with stressed out people that brings a whole nother level. You know, mm-hmm. if you have anxiety in general, or especially social anxiety, you have this fear of being judged. And in what we do, we have to constantly deal with people who are grumpy because they're grieving or they're mad or they're upset or something didn't go right, you know, and that can really have an impact. So, JJ, what are some things that you make sure you do to sort of leave space to take care of yourself after you get home from work? Depending on the day, usually when I get home, you know, I see Ben and we kind of talk about our days. Um, I may vent a little bit or um, tell him about a situation and ask him like if he would have made any changes. If it's been a particularly bad day, usually I I come in and I just let him know that it's been a bad day and I just need to be in my own head for a little while. Yeah. And he knows what that means. And he's he, he gets it and he's he's like, all right, and I'll either go read or go somewhere quiet or I may sit there and kind of like mindlessly watch TV or just kind of decompress and till I'm kind of recharged enough to where I can, you know, talk about it or if I just don't want to talk about it because sometimes I'm kind of talked out mm-hmm. and I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to go to bed and tomorrow's a new day. I think it's helpful with the job that I'm doing now that I'm able to leave on time almost every day. Oh, yeah. And I get a hour-long lunch break every day. Um, I've, in 
about a year and a month of working as a receptionist, I've never not gotten a lunch break. Oh, that's nice. So that's good. That's that's extremely, you know, rewarding. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. doesn't seem like it would be a a huge ask, but that has helped just providing me just a little bit of like, I'm not here for 12, 13 hours every day and not getting any breaks. So just sitting out in my car and eating lunch and not having to be around anybody, it's just me. That is. That is what's allowing me to get to the second half of my day without issue most days. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you when you were talking about sometimes when you get home, you just need space. And um, and I find that to be true, too. If I've had a day that's been really maybe more stressful than average, then I just have to take a break, even though it's just me and Carl at the house. He knows when I come home, if I'm like, oh, having a rough day. Mm-hmm. then I'm going to kind of disappear into the bedroom probably 30 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I need that time of just like having things be quiet, you know, like mm-hmm. the other thing would be like for me taking a bath or taking a shower, you know, and I try to make it like as close to a spa experience as possible. So I have like nice shampoo that really smells good, you know, and I have like, mm-hmm my favorite natural soap that smells good. And I have like my favorite little body scrub and I don't Mm -hmm. just take a shower. I take a shower, you know, Mm -hmm. like 30 minutes. Like I pay the water bill. That's fine. You know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes you need that. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that now that I do relief, a lot of the time when I'm coming home, I have to drive kind of a long time. And so sometimes just having that drive home in silence is nice. I'll even turn the radio or podcast off and I'll just literally Mm -hmm. drive home in solitude. And it's really good. Uh, My other thing would be like my gardening that I do. It's almost always a solo activity for me. So I'll have headphones on and I go outside and I garden and it's just like a way to zone out. Even when Mm -hmm. I mow the grass, it's like quiet time, you know? And in my backyard, I have my shade garden in my hammock. And sometimes I just am like, hey, I need some alone time. So I'll just go out and lay down. And uh, it's really nice. Really nice. Yeah, I am looking forward to when we move. We're in a Mm -hmm. neighborhood that's got a lot of easier areas to go walking in. Oh, great. What's not right next to a busy road where if somebody Mm -hmm. veered off a little bit, you're going to be roadkill. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to doing some walking there. I need to do walking now, but (laughs) I think it's going to be a lot easier to do it there. Let's see some other strategies. I make sure that I communicate with all the important people in my life what my preferences and needs are. And that took me a really long time to be able to do that, like many years of therapy before Mm -hmm. I could be like, hey, here's how I'm feeling and here's what I think I need. And people that really love you... (laughs) are not going to have a problem with that. And I mean, most of the time you're not asking for something outrageous. So mm-hmm. if you're like, hey, I just I'm, I'm just having such a rough day. I I really tonight I'd really like to not cook dinner. Can we maybe order in and I'll just have like some quiet time and maybe we can watch a movie. And that's kind of a hard request for people to turn down. I mean, why would they why would they turn that down? You know, so if you're feeling really stressed because of these personality traits, then Making sure that you build in time for yourself and asking for what you need mm-hmm. is really important because people people really can't read minds. Yeah, I would think it'd probably be harder if your spouse was extroverted. 
or your partner mm. was extroverted because yes i don't know how i would ever I, manage that i mean i have i've dated for a long t- period of time a, a person who was extroverted and at the time, I thought it was just because I'm the something's wrong with me because everybody around me doesn't do these same things. So I always kind of, you know, would try to try to make an extra effort. But sometimes when you don't get a break away, it, you know, I would be like labeled the the stuck up snob. Like, mm-hmm. but why isn't she talking to any of us? Does mm-hmm. she think she's better than us? And I'm like, no, you're all loud and intimidating. I'm very tired and I don't know what to say. I don't feel like I know you well enough to jump in to a conversation. So I'm going to sit back and, and and I prefer to observe anyway. Like I feel like I can get to know people way better by just sitting back and listening. And I can, I, and I tend to like get engrossed in the people talking and then it will be like a while and they're like, why isn't she talking? And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to participate. My bad. I'm um, hi, I'm JJ. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, I think it would be really difficult if you had a spouse that was extroverted and they would hopefully be understanding. Right. Right. Well, they can be go be extroverted with f- maybe friends, you mm-hmm. know, and then and give you your alone time. But yep. um, so I guess one last thing would be just remembering that it's normal to prefer solitude at times, and it doesn't mean that anything is wrong with you. Of the things that we talked about, shyness is more a personality trait, but it can be improved. Mm-hmm. Introversion is a personality trait and does not need to be improved. <laughs> and social anxiety is a disorder that can be managed with therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy is very helpful with any type of anxiety. And then there are other strategies as well. So just keep in mind that if you're experiencing really bad social anxiety, that really that bad fear of what people are thinking and and feeling really uncomfortable in certain activities, that is something that you can get help for and and it can be improved. Show us. Maybe also at work, if it's possible, you could ask to be assigned certain tasks that you felt more comfortable with. So. Maybe you're not the right person to give a major speech about a certain topic mm-hmm. um, at a CE event, or maybe you're not the mm-hmm. best person to be on phone duty all day, but you're a really great person who can throw catheters in and draw blood and things like that. And so potentially communicating with the management at the clinic that you work at and saying, hey, I have these personality traits. Here's what I really enjoy is there a way that we could have my role focus more on these things? And then when you do have to do things that are really stressful for you, and it's different for everybody, think about coming up with ways to be able to accomplish them in the least stressful manner. And one example I have of that is callbacks for, um, you know, for results and things. I think I've mentioned before that I get really overwhelmed when at the end of the day, when I've already had all this social interaction I come to the to the desk and there's maybe 10 or 15 charts stacked up for me to have to do callbacks on. And I'm just like, oh, my God, (laughs) like that's when you're like praying for the voicemail, you know, Mm -hmm. one strategy that I've been able to implement pretty successfully is simply emailing results. Oh, Mm -hmm. man, it is so much better. Uh, It is so much better. 
because no one interrupts you in an email. You're able to say all the information you needed to say, and then people can read it and have time to sit with it and then call you back when they have questions rather than expecting them to pay attention and listen and absorb everything you're saying. I think it's better on so many levels. The main reason I started doing it, though, was the like, oh, my God, I can't make 15 flipping 30 minute phone calls at the end of the day anymore. Like, I can't do this. It's so stressful. But after I started doing it mostly to ease my stress, then I was like, holy crap, this is actually a better communication strategy overall. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to think outside of the box and, and use different use different strategies that might make your life easier. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our episode. If you have stories, questions, cases, or anything else you'd like for us to read, please send it to introvetspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media or on Facebook and Instagram, and it's at introvets. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.